My name is Ron Quill. I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside. Welcome to all of you. Welcome to those of you who are watching online. I'm going to get set up a little bit here. Um, I was thinking some of you might not know uh, Ia, uh, ESC. Uh, she's probably 41. I think she was 41 years old. She and Steve often sat over there. She was in Brazil. They met online, and she actually came and arrived here the day before the wedding. She'd been here once before, but arrived here the day before the wedding. It was about four years ago, I think. And so just a real tragedy there. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get through this together. Our scripture passage, as Dawn was saying, is from Philippians 4. We start at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will again rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Last week, Don talked about this, uh, the illustration of the rope. If you were with us, you know that. And uh, it's, it's a great illustration. It comes from Francis Chan. Others, I'm sure, have used it. But uh, when we talk about this, what we're saying here is, what it helps us understand is that the white section is what we call the age to come, right? This is the future. This is eternity. And you got to imagine this going on forever and ever and ever. Amen, right? This is the kingdom of God. This is then. This is what will happen someday. This is when everything is right. And we said this red section, this, this little short red section, this is today. This is this world. This is the way things aren't supposed to be, but this is where you and I live now. And, and, and thinking about this can be so helpful, I think, as we try to be faithful and experience the joy that we can have in Jesus Christ. Because when we think about this, when we recognize this, we recognize that we all live in the red zone, whether we're Christians or not. We all live in this section right here. But if we're followers of Jesus Christ, this is what Paul talked about last week, if we're followers of Jesus Christ, we live for the white zone. We live for all of this. Yeah, we know we live here. We know we live in the brokenness. We know we live in times of pain and struggle and so on. We live here, and there are good things here as well, but we live in the red zone, but we live for the white zone. We live for the kingdom of God. We live for what is to come one day. And we said, you know, we've got to remember some things about this. This reminds us that the red zone here is short, at least relatively short, compared to eternity. Our time on this earth, sometimes it feels long. Sometimes you're in school and it seems forever. But our time on this earth, it, never when you're in church, but our time on this earth is short, right? It's relatively short. It's not all that long compared to what we're going to have one day. And so we live in the, the red zone. It's, it's short. It's temporary. It's, it's, it's not that long. And we also said that we, we recognize that when we live in the red zone, things get distorted, Things that aren't that important, things like money and big houses and so on, we say that matters more than anything else. Things that are really important, people, we can tend to say, well, they don't matter very much. Now, the white zone tells us what really matters. It's relationships, it's people, it's loving others, it's graciousness and so on. And so we got to remember in the red zone, it's distorted. And so we live in the red zone, but we live for the white zone. And, and, and we talked about that, and we said that uh, the fullness of the white zone is coming soon. Jesus Christ is going to come back, and he's going to make all things new, right? It's going to be the way it's supposed to be. That is coming. We said last week, Paul wrote that we eagerly await a Savior from there, or a Savior from then, right? A Savior from heaven, a Savior from the kingdom of God. We wait for Jesus to come back. This week, I want us to add one more thing to that. 
And, and it's, I think, so important, and it raises and, and teaches us how we can have joy and how we can have gentleness and how we can have peace. And, and that is we recognize that, yeah, the fullness of this is yet to come. The fullness of the white zone is yet to come. But some of it is here already. Some of that kingdom of God is here already. When Jesus Christ was born, when Jesus Christ came into this world, what we see is that the kingdom of God arrived In Luke 17, Jesus says, the kingdom of God is among you. And he's talking about himself. He says, I am the kingdom. I'm the white zone. I'm what is to come. And and, and Jesus is still with us today. And so we celebrate that, that Jesus is coming, but Jesus is here. Paul puts it this way in Philippians 4, verse 5. He says, you know, let your gentleness be evident to all. And then these words are at the very center of the passage. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. And that word that he uses there for the Lord is near has kind of a double meaning in in the Bible, especially when it's talking about Jesus and saying that Jesus is near. On, On the one hand, it means about time that Jesus is coming back soon. And, and even though he said, well, it's been 2,000 years. Again, remember, eternity, right? It's, Jesus is coming back soon in terms of time. We can think about it that way. He's near in time. But it also means that he's near in space, and that is he is with us today through his spirit. And so we live in the red zone. We live for the white zone. But we live knowing that Jesus is with us now. And, and, and what that means, Paul says, is that there are three things that we can have, three gifts, three responsibilities. That can, we can have them. We must have them. Three results of knowing that Jesus is near to us. And, and, and I want to just touch on each one of these three and say, you know what? This is how God calls us to live in the world. The first one is the one that Dawn was focusing on, is that we can have joy. Because the Lord is near, because Jesus is with us, we can have joy even in this world. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Joy is an interesting thing to think about in our world. It's that, it's, it's, it's not just happiness. It's a deep, it's a deep gladness. It's an intense gladness. It's a deep-seated pleasure. Joy is, is, is an ecstatic sort of time of, of knowing something is really, really good and, 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 and being able to celebrate it. But again, for us in our world, joy is not always so easy. And, and, and we struggle with feeling joy all the time. There are at least two questions that I struggle with when, when it comes to joy. And, and maybe you struggle with these as well. On the one hand, one of the questions of living in the red zone and saying, you know, it, it, how we have joy is, how do you have joy when there is so much pain in our world? when we are so often in pain, when we lose loved ones. And that was Steve yesterday. And to think, how, how, what does it mean Have rejoice in the Lord always when you just lost your spouse? Think about people who have accidents. We have, it, 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 all of us are bruised. We've had people who have treated us unfairly. We've had people who have fired us for no reason. We've had all sorts of, how are we supposed to have joy in a world where there is so much pain that we experience in ourselves? And and, and then the next question is, well, should we even have joy when others have so much pain? When we have those moments where we say, this is a good thing, this is joyful. Because the fact is, we celebrate a healthy baby but odds are somebody in that hospital just lost a baby. We celebrate somebody getting out of the accident without being killed. 
there are also those. And so is it, is it appropriate? Is it wrong for us to have joy when there's so much crying and weeping and pain in this world? I mean, come on, isn't that kind of callous for us to say, oh, well, God was good to us. Tough luck, it's you. No, that's, that's not what we do. It's entirely appropriate. Again, Paul commands us this to have joy. But I think we need to recognize that in this world, in the red zone, our joy will always be aware of the brokenness. It doesn't mean we don't celebrate. It doesn't mean we don't have joy. It doesn't mean we don't rejoice. But we always do it aware that we're in the red zone. We always do it aware that even on our best days, we carry scars. And even on our best days, somebody real close to us is weeping and having their worst day. And so, yes, we rejoice. But we need to understand this. And, and this is what Don was getting at as well, that our joy is not in our circumstances. That, that's where we, we are able to get by this. Because I, I don't take joy in, in my circumstances. I, there are sometimes really good circumstances. And I, I, you know, I mean, when a grandchild is born, when somebody gets married and we're so happy for them, we enjoy that. And that's a, a good gift. And we can enjoy some of those things. But the joy that Paul is talking about here, the joy that Paul says we can have always is joy in the Lord. Again, it's not just rejoice always. It's rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it, rejoice. I do not rejoice in my circumstances. I do not rejoice just because today is a good day. I enjoy it when it's a good day. Don't get me wrong. But I rejoice because of who Jesus Christ is. I rejoice that Jesus Christ is with me right now in this place. And I rejoice that Jesus Christ was holding on to Ia on Thursday at 6 o'clock and on Thursday at 8 o'clock. Before she died and after she died, we I know that she was not lost from his hands. And that is why we can rejoice in our tears. That is why we can rejoice in our weeping. The loss is real. But our joy is in the Lord. Our joy is in knowing that in spite of all my failures, my past is forgiven. That all my sins have been washed away. And even though I fail, God still loves me. Our joy is not in our circumstances. It's in knowing that right now Jesus Christ is with me through his Holy Spirit. That I am not alone. And our joy is in knowing that someday it's going to be wonderful. We're going to be in the white, friends. It's going to be okay. And there's going to be no more pain. And right now it feels long. But it'll happen before we know it. And we'll be together with those loved ones. And so we do weep today again. Our celebrations need to have that. Moises Silva said it this way, and I think what he said is so good. He said, our joy does not depend on changing circumstances, but it depends on the one who never changes. Our joy depends on the one who never changes. Rejoice in the Lord. And let me say one other thing about this before we move on to gentleness. And, and this comes from N.T. Wright. I, I hadn't seen this anywhere else, but he's a really sharp guy. So I, I trust him on this. But, but what he talks about, he makes sure we say that what Paul is talking about is it, our joy is not just a private matter. Sometimes, again, we think of joy of, well, I'm joyful because I have this celebration and I'm here. But, but the word that Paul uses for joy here. The Philippians, they would have recognized it because the, there would be celebrations of joy. It actually doesn't talk just about an emotion, but it talks about an activity. Rejoice. 
And it was a public activity. In that day, the, the, the various Roman gods, they would have festivals. They would have celebrations. They would have times of eating together and feasting together and singing together. Times of worship. That's the same word. Rejoice. And, and I think what Paul is saying there, part of what he's saying is there, in our worship, it needs to have, yes, we recognize the brokenness. But it is it is important for us to also just publicly celebrate that in this broken world. Don was saying that when people see our joy in the midst of our legitimate tears, when they see our joy, it is a declaration of God's goodness. And when our joy is not just, well, I was able to drink enough to, to forget that. Steve was insistent that this Wednesday when we have this funeral, he said, we are celebrating because God is still good. And he, he was crying, and he should, and he will. And there's going to be a scar on his heart for the rest of his life. But we rejoice that this is not the end. We rejoice that the white zone is coming. We rejoice. And we do it with celebrations. And our worship needs to have that sense of joy. Our worship needs to have that celebration. So we can have joy. Paul goes on to say we can be gentle. We can be gentle. Let your gentleness, verse 5, be evident to all. The Lord is near. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Now, the word that Paul uses for gentleness here is not the word that he uses in other places, like the fruit of the Spirit, when he says gentleness is the fruit of the Spirit. This is a different word, and it has a little different sense. And this word is a, a pretty specific word, because what this word refers to is being gentle when somebody has hurt us, being gentle when we've been treated unfairly, being gentle when we want to strike back. It happens to all of us, right? When we live in the red zone, we get hurt. And a lot of times it's somebody else who caused that hurt. They called us a name. They betrayed us. Somebody we love walked away from us. The people at work treated us unfairly. Whatever it is, we have those situations. And maybe you're a lot better person than I am. And, 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 and that's great. I celebrate that. But I still, my first time in that is I want to hit back. My first reaction, I want to hit back. I want to say something back. I want to make them hurt. I want to make them feel bad. I want to... <laughs> Gentleness is responding in that situation with kindness. Gentleness doesn't strike back when somebody hurts us. Gentleness shows love. Gentleness, I think, does three things. First of all, it acknowledges the hurt. All right, We, we have to be clear on that. There are people who dump on you. There are times when somebody treats you really in a rotten way. And, and, and being gentle doesn't say, well, it didn't hurt or it didn't matter. I'm just going to stuff it all. No, being gentle acknowledges that, right? It acknowledges that that wasn't fair. What you called me, what you said about me. I said this and you said, well, that means you're a this. Right? In our political culture right now, that's happening a lot. I said, well, that means you want to whatever. Kill babies. That means you, you know, are a racist. That means you this. That means you this. And I want to just always, when I hear those things, I want to say, that's not fair. That's not right. And and it's not. It's a genuine hurt. It's wrong when people do that to us. We acknowledge that. But then we let go of our right to get even. Gentleness involves a level of forgiveness. I let go of my right to get even. I have every right in the red zone to say, fine, you hurt me, I hurt you. You bruise me, I bruise you. It's just what we do to each other here. And I have a right to that. Justice would say, I can say back to you what you said to me. I can make you feel what you made me feel. But gentleness says, you know what, I'm going to let go of that. 
I'm going to let go of that, and instead I'm going to respond with kindness. I'm going to be gracious. I saw an example of this recently with a family where there was a lot of contention going on. And, and, and somebody said to somebody else in the family, well, if you're going to vote for X, I'll never talk to you again. You want to say, well, that's the dumbest thing anybody ever said. And it was, you know what, I'm really sorry to hear that. Can we talk about this? He responded with grace. He responded with gentleness. And it was just, I mean, that's what we're talking about here. Again, he didn't deny the hurt. He didn't deny. But he said, look, I don't want anything to come between us. How do we work this out? How do we love each other? Can we sit down? And I thought, wow. Now, I don't know if the other person is going to respond well. I don't know if they're going to. But I was just so like, wow, this is like Jesus here. I've, I've just got this one right. And I was so happy about that. How do we do it? Again, we can be gentle because the Lord is near. All right? I could be gentle because I don't need to win in this world, right? I remember I'm living in the red zone. And, 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 and if I don't win in the red zone, that's okay. Because the red zone is temporary. The red zone is relatively short. If I lose all my money, it's okay. Again, I'm not saying it won't hurt and I won't be angry and scared and, and, and things like that. But it's not the end of the world. And like I said last week, well, if it is the end of the world, then we get to go to heaven. Right? It, I can be gentle because if I don't win, it's okay. If I don't... <laughs> It's, it's just temporary. And I know God will take care of vengeance. I don't have to make sure everything's fair in this world. I want to do my best to seek justice in this world. But I don't need to say, I need to have vengeance for me right now. No, I don't. God says, let vengeance be mine. Romans 12, right? I'll take care of it. You love. We can be gentle. Because the Lord is near. He's with me today. He's coming back. He'll take care of it. I don't need to win. I can... Now, again, this is not easy. So I've been... All week, I've just been saying, Lord, gentleness, gentleness, gentleness. Gentleness, gentleness, gentleness. And trying my best to let that be my first response. Because I'll tell you, it's generally not. My human response is to strike back. We can be gentle. We can be gentle because the Lord is near. All right. We can have joy. We can be gentle. And then we can have peace. Do not, Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul says, don't be anxious, but have peace. And again, this one is so tough because there is so much to be anxious about in this world. Right? This world has got a lot of things we can be anxious about. I mean, in a period of, of 45 minutes on Friday morning, I got two texts about these things that happened, about uh, ESE dying and about Scott falling from this tree. And, and it's like, that can happen to any of us in an instant. I, I, there, there are so many disasters when you live in the red zone that are just a snap of a finger away. And then you add in coronavirus. And, and, and you say, well, I'm not worried about coronavirus. I'm worried about all the response to it. I'm worried about the economy of the whole thing. I'm worried we're going to lose our jobs. I'm worried about this, and I'm worried about the election. And I'm worried about... There is so much to be anxious about. And yet Paul says, have peace. Don't be anxious about anything. And in some ways, it seems unreal. 
in some ways to say, I can't be, I'm not supposed to be anxious about anything. What does that mean? Well, again, peace does not have to do, it doesn't come from being sure that nothing bad will ever happen to us. Because Jesus himself said, in this world, you're going to have trouble, okay? In the red zone, bad things will happen to us, okay? And, 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 and so it doesn't come from saying, well, I know that God will protect me from all harm. No. What I know is that the Lord is near. What I know is that I'm in the hands of Jesus. What I know is that I, I, he will never let me go. What I know is that somebody can destroy my body, but not my soul, because that belongs to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, and in life and in death. That's when I can have peace. I have peace not because I'm sure I, I, I won't get COVID. Might, might not. I actually actually have the antibody, so I had it. I might get it again, but I, 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 but I, I, I'm not worried about that as much as I am worried about knowing or focused on knowing that Jesus Christ is holding on to me. Might get COVID, might not. Y'all might fire me next week. It hurt. Scare me a little bit for a while. I'm alert, but, but I don't need to be anxious about it. Not because you're too nice to fire me, because you can all turn in an instant. <laughs> but because I know Jesus holds on to me. Because Jesus is near. Because Jesus will never let me go. And, and Paul gives us one specific strategy of how we can do this and how we can remember this, and that is it's prayer. That's what we, in prayer, I think what we do more than anything else is we remember that the Lord is near. We remember that the Lord is powerful. Paul says this, he he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, whether it's good or bad, Paul says, in every situation, by prayer and petition, present your, and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. See, when I pray, when we did the Lord's Prayer, we talked about this. When we could say, our Father in heaven, and I know that he's our Father, I'm not alone. He's my Father, he loves me, and he's in heaven, he's in charge of everything. It, it, once I remind myself of that, once I, I get into God's presence, once I remember that the Lord is near, once I am there, then my anxiety can decrease. Then I can let it go. Because I know even if the worst happens, the white zone is yet to come. That no matter what happens, I will not fall out of the hands of Jesus Christ. And so I can live with a deep level of peace. Yeah, I'm alert, and we try not to be foolish or anything. And we love our neighbors, and we do some things for that and whatnot. But I have peace, not because I'm sure that, I'm in the, that God is going to protect me from any evil. No, it's because he's going to be with me everywhere I go. And he'll never lose me, and one day it's going to be all right. And all the wrong is temporary. See, when I pray, and, 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 and you don't have to be, you know, Paul doesn't say, well, this is how this is the form. It's just talking to God. Jesus is right next to you, and you can talk to him wherever you're going. And, and, and he's there to hear you. And, and, and you know that God knows. And, and I remind myself that God cares. He's my father. And I know God's got it. He's in heaven. He's in control. And then it'll be okay. Uh, over a hundred years ago, a pastor by the name of Robert Rainey said this. He said, the way to be anxious about nothing is to be prayerful about everything. <laughs> and, and again, it, 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 that's not trite, but it's just saying, God, I got to just put this in your hands. As Peter says, I'm going to cast all my cares on you because I know you care for me.
we pray, and the promise is that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard us. It will guard us. And it will guard our hearts, and it will guard our minds. It will not guard us from anything bad happening, but it will guard us from losing faith. It will guard us from losing peace. The peace of God, it stands sentry. It stands like a soldier. That's the word, what it means. That will guard us. It will protect us. God's got it. God's taking care of us. And so we can have peace. Because the Lord is near. Because we're not alone. And one day, we're going to be in a place where everything is right. So we can have joy. We can be gentle. And we can have peace. Friends, the Lord is near. That is our hope. Living in the red zone, it, it can be tough. Right? There's just no question about it. But know this. Know this. Know this. The Lord is near. It's okay, even though it's all wrong. And one day it's going to be really, really good. Hang in there. Have joy, gentleness, and peace. Let's pray. Father, we come to you and we thank you for being here with us. We thank you that even while we're in the red zone, we can know not just that Jesus is coming back, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, he's with us right now. So, Father, give us, give us that deep awareness that this world, the way it is, is not our home. But you're going to make all things new. Give us that peace and that gentleness and that joy that we so desire. And let it be evident to others, not so that they say anything about us, but so that they know that you are God. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.